Over the summer, um, I gave a series of messages uh, titled, This is Living, and they were based on 1 John, uh, the book of 1 John. And uh, because of my personal schedule, I wasn't able to complete the series of messages. We ended at chapter 4 of 1 John, and there was uh, two Sundays I was away that I wasn't planning on being away over the summer, otherwise we would have been, been done. So uh, on the first Sunday in October, I got sidetracked. The first Sunday in October, we're going to be starting our theme, theme Givetober, and we're going to start a series of messages over all the Sundays in October, and they'll be uh, based on this theme of Givetober. We're actually going to sponsor, and we're gonna, I'm not going to tell you all about it right now. I'm just, you got to come back in October for it. We're going to sponsor missions projects in South America, and we're going to raise money, and all the money we raise in uh, the month of October is going to be given to those projects in particular. So we're going to be able to uh, bless at least uh, like hundreds of kids and families in South America through our giving, all right? So I know you're like, Pastor Jay, I've got no money. Don't worry about it, okay? We could line the streets, and uh, we could like ask people for money, or if someone owes you money, now's the time to go shake them down and get it back, or if your children have been living off you for too long, now's the time. Pay rent or get out or whatever. I don't know, whatever you got to do, okay? And uh, uh, (laughs) did I touch a nerve? Okay, or something. All right, I'll leave it. Anyway, so October is going to be our month of giving, and uh, we want to give to missions. So just so you guys know, I'm telling you all sorts of secrets today. We need to do much better in our giving to missions, all right? It's God's put it on my heart. And uh, I, it's not like I'm like this super missions giver that no one knows about. We just, I, our church leadership and myself, and uh, we all just want to give all of us the opportunity to give more to missions, okay? Because I think we can do amazing things in our congregation, and I think we can bless people in ways that uh, we could never imagine through our giving. So anyways, so October is going to be from now on Givetober, and we're going to talk about giving. I'm not just going to preach about tithing for four weeks. Don't worry about it, okay? I, I get it, all right? We already did that this year, and we'll come back to it next year. All right, so that's the deal there. So because it's been a little over a month since I spoke on this series of uh, This is Living, I'm going to start today's message, and we're going to read... 1 John chapter 5 all the way through, and then I'm going to give a simple, concise overview of some of the main points from the scriptures of 1 John, all right? And if you feel at the end of today's message that you're completely confused, what is Pastor Jay thinking? What is wrong with that guy? He spent too much time on his boat this summer. Whatever it is, whatever craziness you come up with, just watch the other four messages online. Okay, and it'll make uh, a bit more sense. So let's jump right into the text today. Could we stand together once again? I know some of you don't like standing, but it's all right. We can do it. Uh, let's stand together for the reading of God's Word. And we're going to start 1 John chapter 5, verse 1. And uh, if you can read along with me, great. If not, don't worry about it. The words are on the screen. It says this, Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of Him. By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and obey His commandments. Uh, For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? This is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. 
Not by the water only, but by the water and the blood. And the Spirit is the one who testifies, because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the Spirit and the water and the blood. And these three agree. If we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater. For this is the testimony of God that he is born concerning his Son. Whoever believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself. Whoever does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed in the testimony that God is born concerning his son. And this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life, and this life is in his son. Whoever has the son has life. Whoever does not have the son of God does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. And this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that we have asked of him. If anyone sees his brother committing a sin not leading to death, he shall ask, and God will give him life to those who commit sins that do not lead to death. There is sin that leads to death. I do not say that one should pray for that. All wrongdoing is sin, but there is sin that does not lead to death. We know that everyone has been born of God, does not keep on sinning, but he who was born of God protects him, and the evil one does not touch him. We know that we are from God, and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding, so that we may know him who is true, and we are in him who is true. In his son, Jesus Christ, he is the true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourself from idols. Amen. Well done. Give yourself a round of applause. You are awesome scripture readers. Well done. It's like you've read it before. The writer uh, of 1 John calls us to three basic things for Christian life. So if you're a note taker, you can start now. Three basic things for Christian life. In 1 John, here's the first one, true doctrine. The truth is that we never add and we never take away from the Bible, from the Word of God. And if in case we have done that, we must ask for forgiveness in our life because of the words that we've uh, added or taken away. Um, I used to love it, uh, the aunties in my old churches from, uh, most of them in this case were from Africa. They would always tell me when their kids were, uh, misbehaving that uh, they would say, uh, sp- <laughs> sp- uh, what was it? Uh, spare the ra- give the rod or the proverb. Spare the rod, spoil the child. That one, and it was because they were just whacking their kids. And uh, in some of the cases, I know you're not allowed to do that these days, technically. But in some of the cases, these kids deserved it. So, uh, and they were they were still alive, so it was all good. But uh, anyways, uh, I always thought I would laugh at it, but the truth is is that um, sometimes, I'm just, I'm just going to throw it out there, sometimes we add a little bit too much emphasis to certain scriptures uh, that we feel like prove our point. And the truth is, is that when we add to scripture, we must ask forgiveness. If we take away from the word of God, we must ask forgiveness. I've seen personally uh, in my own life, in the things I read and watch and hear, that there's been a rise in, in, in some uh, cases and too much added in some cases to the scriptures by preachers and teachers and different people that 
our, our, our authorities on Scripture, so to speak. You see, true doctrine is what breaks the chains of bondage, we, uh, what sets the captive free, what restores right from wrong. That's what true doctrine is meant for. You see, the Word of God will never need to be added to or taken from to cut like a double-edged sword through any situation or circumstance. We don't need to make it sound a certain way or, or, or couch the truth a little bit to, for uh, someone's ears to be heard. The truth is the truth, and that's what the Word of God states to us. And we don't need to take anything or add anything from it. So you see, today we are faced with many struggles. You know, and the truth is, I'm thinking in my own life, I'm faced with many struggles. What feels like impossible situations those are some of the things that I've been working through. You see, only God can save us from our situations, from our circumstances. And we find that hope in his word through true doctrine. That's what we find in his word. So that's the first one, true doctrine. The second thing we learn from 1 John is this, obedient living. I thought of this this week. You can't cheat God. You can't cheat God. Even if, even if you tried to cheat him, you can't cheat him. You may want to cheat on a diet. How many of you have cheated on a diet before? I've never cheated on a diet. Never, 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 never. Okay, some of you are being honest. All right. You, you may uh, want to cheat on a diet. Maybe you can do it. Uh, but you can't cheat God. You can't cheat God. Psalm 190, uh, 139 excuse me, uh, says this in the NIV. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your hand will hold me fast. You know, the truth is, and sometimes we don't like it. I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm like, God, leave me alone for a bit. But the truth is, we cannot get away from him. Whether we want to, whether we're trying to, uh, I know some, <laughs> oh man, I just laugh. I don't know about if you got people like this in your life, but some people, they know of God, they know of his teachings, and they just try to hide from him. And it's like, sometimes I just feel like, you know when, uh, I know, my mom would be ashamed that I would know this, but you know when Homer Simpson strangled Bart and his head would pop out? Okay, my mom, I wasn't allowed to watch that show when I was a kid. Uh, so she does, anyways, it's okay, she's not here today. But uh, I just feel like that sometimes. I just strangle them and their head would pop out. And I don't, I don't know what would happen after that, but hopefully something good. But the truth is, he is everywhere. God is everywhere. He, we, we can't get away from him. He's all around us. You see, he's with us in our coming and our going. The Lord Jesus, uh, he craves our obedience. When God asks us to do something and the Lord asks us to do something, he craves our obedience. You see, in a world that pushes against all forms of guidance, the Lord Jesus asks us for simple obedience. You know what the, the world tells us, and I'm not trying to make a joke, I'm just trying to make a point. The world tells us to, to just do whatever we want. Does it feel good? Do you look good doing it? Do you, whatever. No, that's not what the Bible tells us. The Bible tells us to be so obedient, to, I, I can't think of the word, but just to be so passionate about being obedient to what he's telling us. The third uh, thought and point that we learn from the book of 1 John is this, fervent devotion. You see, every day time with God is crucial. Uh, if you listen closely to what I preach and teach every week, uh, much of it boils down to a very few simple principles. I I've said often I'm a simple person, all right? I don't try to be fancy. Every once in a while I try to be fancy and something bad happens. So I, as I get older, I just try to, you know, 
get it to get it straight. I just leave it at that. All right, it's just just simple. But uh, one of uh, the simple principles that I talk a lot about is this: every day time with God. Everyday time with God will shift the focus of your entire life. It doesn't mean that you'll uh, uh, not be yourself after uh, you spend a lot of time with God. It just means that your focus, your attention, will be shifted to the things that God wants us to be focused on. You see, he will open your eyes, he'll open our ears in ways that we could never have imagined. Uh, Just these last two weeks, I witnessed how many of us hear amazing things from God. Many of us. Um, Kevin's not here, but he had his wife Jewel read a scripture, uh, I think it was Friday morning, and I just, man, I was like, what is Kevin listening to? He's got it, man. He's just got it nailed. And Kevin knows the scripture as well. And the truth is, is that we just need to every day spend time with him. Every day we spend time with the Lord. How many of you uh, have children? You don't have to admit who they are if they're in this room, but uh, how many? Okay, thank you, thank you, thank you. So when I became a dad for the first time, um, there's actually some photos of this, and I don't look at them because they just scare me. Uh, I remember Arlene, like she was so excited to have uh, what's now Leland, but she was so excited. <laughs> she, she's still excited about Leland. Uh, sorry, buddy. It's, it's okay. We love you, man. But she was just so excited, and I was, I was excited, but I was also scared to death. Like, uh, I, my, my uh, sister is 11 years younger than me, so I remember the birth experience. The nine months, well, not whole, all the nine months, because I didn't know f- at the beginning. Anyways, but most of the months, I remember most of the months, and then the birth situation. And it was just, like, when my, my sister's a wonderful young lady, if she watches, she, she, you're wonderful. Okay. But she, when she came, it was like chaos. Like, it was, it was it was weird. It was like, I didn't know what was going on. My dad was super happy. And, and so I, when Arlene said to me that she was pregnant, all I could think about was, oh, great. Like, all oh, this is going to happen all over again. Because like, I remembered. And it was a good experience. I remember uh, <laughs> I took Arlene to all of her appointments. I felt that was my responsibility. probably was. But uh, I, I remember when Leland was born, I was like, like, the good thing about uh, when you have your first child, you have a little bit of time, like the nine months, obviously, to w- to get yourself together, right? Like some people freak out, I don't have a crib, I don't have clothes, oh, where's the baby going to go? I went a little nuts, I bought a new car, I bought a house, uh, <laughs> I don't know, it was, I don't know what I was, well, it, was, it worked out well, but uh, <laughs> the truth is, is that as I held Leland, right after he was born, I was just like, I was just like, oh boy, <laughs> like what have I done, right? Like, and it wasn't because I didn't love him. I loved him. I was scared to death. I was like, what am I going to do? And, like, I, I can't call out the rest of my family. There were some weird things happened in my family. At that point, people would say weird things, and I'd just be like, felt like that Bart system, uh, Simpson moment again, like, you know. And so, but the truth is, is that uh, it was just this interesting time. And when we, you get, uh, this is a long way to get to the point. <laughs> oh, my God. I, Sometimes I write down my stories, today I didn't, and this is what happens. I just share way too much information. All right, so uh, <laughs> uh, thank you, Lord, for the reminder to write down my stories. Okay, so the truth is, is that one of the things I learned when I became a dad is how much you love your kid, right? And it doesn't matter what's going on. I remember Leland had a little bit of a heart thing going on, so he had to get all hooked up, and I was like, man, he had like 20 of these like sticky things on his little body, and I was just like, what are you doing? And Arlene made me go because she was just 
had a baby, whatever. But like, <laughs> so I had to go take care of this. And, uh, but the truth is, is, I just remember thinking, man, there's nothing that he can do that would change how much I love him. And the same thing's true today, right? If you have adult children, I hopefully the same thing's true. Uh, and, but there's nothing that they can do to, to make you stop loving them. And the same thing is true about our Heavenly Father. That's why he wants to spend time with us. Uh, like, my parents have never rejected my phone call since I got married. If I call them, or sometimes because we've been living up here, I just show up at their house. They don't know I'm in the area. I just show up, and I'm like, hey, I'm a little hungry right now, or whatever. And they never refuse me, and you would do the same for your kids. The same comes to God when it comes to our time spent with him. Is that he just wants our time. He craves our time. So if you have children, you know you have a sense of what that feeling is like. If you have grandchildren, I've heard it's even better. Uh, I'm not sure. Anyways, but there you go. So, but, the, but that's the truth. He has so much that he wants to speak to you. So much. You see, devotion to God sustains us through all of life's trials and tribulations. As I mentioned a moment ago, I have a lot going on in my life right now. No more or no, no, no more less than anyone else. But I, have a, I feel like I have a lot going on in my life right now, in my personal life. And I know that my devotion to God will sustain me through this time. He gives me the words to say. He allows me to get up every morning and all those things. So it's so important. Our devotion to God is so important. Our fervent devotion is so important. So of our studies in 1 John, I want you to remember this. I I should have put it on the slide. My apologies. But here's the thought. To believe in the name Jesus is to know the assurance of eternal life. To believe in the name Jesus is to know the assurance of eternal life. You see, if we know Jesus, our gaze is transfixed on eternity. If we know Jesus, our gaze is transfixed on eternity. How many of you just think of heaven every once in a while? I think about it regularly these days. What will it be like? It's not, I'm not trying to rush the process, but what will it be like when I get there? What will it be like when I get to meet Jesus face to face? What will it be like when he welcomes me into eternity? You see, we don't uh, have to wish away our days, but we will fill them with hope so that we can take as many people with us as possible. It's not about just waiting it out until you die. So many of us do that. Why? Why do we just waste our time? Even uh, younger folks, we waste our time. We, we uh, do stupid things. I can't even explain it. But we waste our time. Why would we do that? We have this hope. We have this anticipation of what's to come. And we need to take as many people with us as possible. You see, as we watched uh, the video again today uh, for this series, the Lord Jesus' resurrection was no normal occurrence. That wasn't something that just happened all the time. It wasn't a by-chance moment. It wasn't like, oh, yeah, some guy ran out of the grave again. Hey, it happened last week, too. No, that's not what happened, okay? You see, God has great plans and great purposes for his children. He's got great plans and purposes for us. So in 1 John 5, I want to point out a few things, and uh, we're going to roll through them here. Are you ready to go? Here we go. All right. You didn't say you're ready, but whatever. So loving God... And obeying his commandments is our first thought for today. Loving God, obeying his commandments, show God's children around us that we love them. How many times have you heard something like this? Can you believe they're a Christian? 
How many times? Sadly, I've heard that more often than I'd like to admit. You see, loving God and obeying his commandments show God's children around us that we love them. Our reputation, I don't believe Christians should be pushovers or people that are looked down upon or whatever. We are God's chosen people. We are a royal priesthood. But I do believe that God is calling each of us to have a reputation of love. That he's calling us to love one another. Uh, I don't know if there's any 80s uh, Christian metal rock fans in the room. Uh, Thank you, Glenn. I appreciate it. But I am, now Glenn, I don't know if you're into this stuff, but I am a big Petra fan. All right? Okay. And I was listening to Petra this week in my office. I was like, if anyone comes in right now, did you hear it? (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) It's like, what is that? Oh, man. It's like, (laughs) oh, so good. So I'm just, I just love them. And every once in a while, I just need... Uh, I don't know if you remember that group, maybe not, <laughs> I don't know, but I just need my Petra fix for Pastor Katie, and uh, I have one little speaker, but it makes a lot of noise, um, barely, but uh, the truth is, is that I love some of the words of their songs, because, you know, a seen and not heard, and uh, sometimes God's children should be seen and not heard, and it's true, sometimes we make more noise than we should, sometimes we aren't loving as we should, sometimes we aren't carrying one another's burdens as we should you see god's commandments aren't meant to be burdensome if you look at the scripture as just a rule book you've missed the point god doesn't just make a rule book if you want to disobey god's word you can disobey god's word like he doesn't stop you all right it's called free will all right you can you can like i wouldn't advise it obviously but if you choose to do that that's your choice because it's free will you see everyone born of god is to overcome this world. If you would say that I am born of God, I'm a child of God, we are meant to overcome this world. You see, we can only overcome the world when we believe that Jesus is the Son of God. You can't overcome the world just because you're a good athlete or just because you have a certain skill set that's really important or just because, okay, just because you're a politician, I'll just throw it out there. You can't overcome the world because of those things. You can only overcome the world Because of Jesus, because he's the son of God. You see, whatever you're facing, whatever your circumstance, you have the overcomer on your side. I was reminded yesterday, the Lord Jesus has already won the victory for your life. You don't have to worry about succeeding. It's not like we have to worry about, will the Maple Leafs win a Stanley Cup again? It doesn't matter with Jesus. He already won. It's done, all right? We don't need to worry about it. That's what I stress about during the week time is whether the Leafs will actually do anything. Anyways, I was reminded uh, of these things lately. You see, we don't need to do anything but let God take over from here. You just need to give him your life. Let him have control over your life. Well, pastor, I don't really believe that's in the Bible. It's in the Bible, okay? It's there. Just because you don't agree with it, there's lots of things in the Bible that I don't feel like doing. But I do it because God tells me to do it. That's what the scriptures say. You see, this is living when we're obedient to what the scriptures tell us. So that's our first point, loving God, obeying his commandments. Our second point is this, water, blood, and spirit. So first off, the water. The water represents Jesus' baptism, all right? uh, Secondly, the blood is Christ's atoning death. 
And third, the Spirit. It, uh, the Spirit bears witness. It bears, the Spirit bears all things. You see, the Scripture tells us that the Spirit, water, and blood, they agree. They are forever. They work together. Forever they are connected together. No man can separate those three things. And that's the promise that God makes to us. So our second point is water, blood, and spirit. Here's our third point. You have eternity. As we read this today, the author reminds us that you and I have eternity within our grasp. Uh, Some of you know this well from your uh, personal life experiences, and I'm reminded of it on a regular basis, and I'm learning myself. But uh, our lives are just a breath before the Lord. It's funny how much... Uh, attention uh, we give our lives. So uh, on Friday night, Arlene and I, uh, we had never done this together, uh, but I put my boat in Kevin Felt Bay and Barrie, and we went around uh, looking, uh, looking at all the, the real estate and the land that surrounds the area. And I, I grew up there. I lived there for 20 years. Arlene was born there. I had never really taken notice of how big the, <laughs> the homes and cottages are uh, on Lake Simcoe. And the truth is, is all of that, we, we spend all of our time maybe craving that, desiring that, even having all these things on this earth, but our life is but a breath to the Lord. It's nothing. And it doesn't mean we are nothing, but it means that what we do here is irrelevant. You can't take your mansion to heaven. You can't. You know what happens when you die? Uh, these days, you, you either get cremated, so someone burns your body, or you go in a box and you lie in the ground and eventually your body turns to dust, right? That's what happens. That's it. And so the truth is, is that all of our lives are but a breath for the Lord. Second Peter 3 says this, but do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness, but is patient towards you not wishing that any should perish but all but that all should reach repentance what an encouragement you see prayer is central to a living faith prayer enables the things of god at work in our lives it's connected to our eternity you see according to his will uh, uh, that's what the scripture says you see there is no secret sauce when it comes to prayer there's no special prayer that you need to pray. I remember uh, like when I was st- studying to be a pastor and a minister and all that, I was like looking for these secret prayers that pastors would say at certain times to uh, be appropriate in the situation. And there actually are some things. But the truth is, there's no secret sauce. There's no secret to the, the special words we have to say to God. None of that exists for any of us. You see, our reference point must be what the Bible tells us about prayer. That's, that's the secret sauce. It was with us the whole time. It's scripture. The Bible teaches us that the enemies of God fall at our feet, that he commands the waves of the sea, that we are the head and not the tail, that God has mighty plans for us. Let's, uh, let that be the prayer over our lives, these things that I mentioned and so much more. I remember uh, the last time I was up in the Yukon, there's, uh, I've told this before, but there's this gigantic, what I consider, gigantic mountain right at the foot of the camp. And I remember as we were praying and worshiping and God's spirit was moving, that we would declare that that mountain would be moved. Well, why would we say something like that? Because the Bible tells us that he can move the mountains, whether it's a spiritual thing or a little literal thing. 
By faith, we believe these things. We pray what the Bible states to us. You see, that is prayer according to the will of God. I believe today more than ever that we must not be afraid of bold prayers. When I was a young person, I was scared to death to pray for healing for people. And you want to know why? Because I was scared, what if God doesn't heal them? And as I've grown older, here's what I've learned. When I don't pray, God doesn't do anything. But when I pray, he does. (laughs) And he doesn't do something every time. I don't have a perfect track record. But the truth is, I believe in faith and we believe together that God can change our circumstances. That he can change everything around us. God's plans, uh, here's the truth, God's plans tend to be bold. Have you noticed that? His plans tend to be bold. He doesn't just say, uh, but maybe you should go fix your garden out there. No, he's saying grow a forest. Grow a whole farm. Come on, go for it. It's not just this little thing he wants us to do. You know, when God tells me get, off, uh, get up out of bed, it's not just to, you know, walk down the hallway and go back to bed. No, it, get up, clean the house. Uh, what, I don't know, he doesn't say that stuff to me. But anyways, uh, <laughs> I got to say, okay, he said, it's, uh, whatever. Our fourth one for today is this, Repentance. How ultimately do we deal with sin? How do we deal with sin, whether it leads to death or not? The scripture talked about it in both ways. Ultimately, we weave ourselves down a trail that leads to simply repentance. Repentance. Are we repentant of the wrongs uh, from our own lives? Are Are we repentant for what we've done to others and what others have done to us? I've said it before and I'll say it again. When you stand before God... You are responsible for your own actions, nobody else's. You're not responsible for anyone else's actions. You're only responsible for your own. So we must be repentant. Here's our fifth point, and we're going to close here. Understanding faith. If you are born of God, we keep from sinning. If you're born of God, you stop sinning. You don't sin anymore. We must recognize that it is not from God. Sin is not from God. Many of you have shared stories of your faith journey with me and how many people have given up vices and addictions from the past. For me, it's not a matter of saying that a certain thing is sin or something else isn't a sin. That's not the point. The point is, is that we're repentant of our actions. And when we're born of God, that we change, that we are different in every way from what we were before. We, were, we have uh, died to sin and risen again in Christ. It's just as Jesus died on the cross, it's the same thing. His resurrection from the death means that he was born of God. He was brought back to life. And he did it for every one of us. You see, the writer uses the same uh, language in all of 1 John. The enemy of your soul can't touch you you see you are chosen you're chosen you've been brought back to life colossians 1 verse 18 says christ is also the head of the church which is his body he is the beginning supreme over all who rise from the dead so he is first in everything you see church we are from god you have been chosen by him you are filled with greatness did you know that You are filled with greatness. God has given us understanding so that we can grasp the, excuse me, we can grasp the biblical teachings found in Scripture. He's powered you with the greatest search engine ever. It's the Holy Spirit. He can do amazing things through you. You see, true knowledge of God is a gracious act and gift of God. 
It's a gift to us that he would speak to us and encourage us and strengthen us and grow, that we would grow in wisdom. These are gifts from God. So we thank you, God, for blessing us with knowledge and understanding. Chris, would you give me a hand if you can? And Jason, and oh, all of you come up, I don't care. Today I can't uh, make sense of all the goodness that is unfolded in 1 John. I, I, there's so much there. I, I, as soon as I started this, I slightly regretted some of it just because there's so much. There's so much to share from. These scriptures teach us that this is living. If you want to know what life in Christ is, you can start here. First John, there's other books as well in the New Testament that are great to start in, but this is one of them. This is living. Today, as I was uh, thinking about what I would, the, uh, one of the scriptures I'd close with, I thought of this one, and I, I use it quite often, so my apologies, but it just centers me on who God is and what he's doing in my life. Isaiah 55, verse 8 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Whenever you feel like God isn't understanding your circumstance or he's not acknowledging the situation that you're in. Remember this scripture. He says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways, another of my ways, your ways, declares the Lord. For the heavens are higher than the earth. So my ways are higher than your ways. Whatever you're facing, I want you to know today that his ways are higher than our ways. And that's who he is. He loves us and he, he, he wants the best for us. He believes the best in us. But the truth is, is that his ways are greater. They are higher. Amen. Read, uh, let me read this benediction to you. To him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen? Amen. Amen. Oh, Shaylin, I love you. Okay. We'll see you next week. Be here. It's going to be awesome. Great time together. Uh, if you can help at Alpha in any way, that'd be wonderful. Uh, if you come for prayer tomorrow at 7 o'clock, the doors will be locked. All right? So if you show up, just... Just do it. Yeah, it's going to be good. Thanks. God bless you.